1: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen
0: to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast.
1: Landon, what's going on, sir?
0: Not much. You know, it's the uh, last day of my daughter's school. You know, so today she's her, her, her very last day of school. Yeah. So we're getting into summer uh, it's 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 starting to transition into new seasons and summer. For me, always means OTAs and, mm-hmm. and conversations, which you know are going on as as we speak. Uh, but also lots of fun news and nuggets happen after the June 1st cut down date. So uh, I'm excited to, to talk about some of those that have come out recently.
1: Yeah, just a, a couple of housekeeping things. So we're actually for the next two months going to be cutting back a little bit on our shows. We're still going to have three or four shows every single week. Uh, but there might be a couple days where we don't do shows. This week, we're going to have a show on Friday because the Cowboys have an OTA practice that is open to the media on Thursday. We want to talk about it, so make sure you guys tune back in here on Friday uh, for all the latest news and nuggets out of that practice Today, Lane, and we're actually going to talk about some Cowboys news that we got early on Wednesday morning regarding Leighton Vanderesh. Um, mm-hmm. There's been some reports over the last couple of days, uh, some speculation from some bloggers that maybe the Cowboys could trade Leighton Vanderesh. And Jane Slater of the NFL Network uh, addressed some of those rumors and said, Listen, the Cowboys have received offers for Leighton Vanderesh. Uh, they are not interested right now in trading him. Uh, there was also some some interesting things to come out of that, such as Leighton Vander actually told the Cowboys to decline his fifth year option because he believes he can make more money in free agency next year uh, after a strong twenty twenty one season. So let's just uh, let's just kind of dive right into it. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys right now saying no to a Leighton Vander trade?
0: Yeah, I mean. Getting trade offers and getting a decent trade offer are definitely two different things. Um, You know, and as... I think there's going to be a tendency uh, and I'm sure there is already been a tendency on Twitter to say, why wouldn't the Cowboys trade uh, Layton? They, they, they don't need him. And, no, no, no. you know, he has, and, and they would start talking about all the reasons that they should get rid of him, including injury history and, and, you know, not necessarily playing up to, you know, his, what we've expected of him since then, even when he was healthy, mm-hmm. but, but those are also all strikes against why he would not be a good trade chip. And yeah, and that the Cowboys sure. may have gotten offers, uh, but you know, I mean, trading Leighton Vanderesh for a third or for a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick. I, I, I mean, mean, I was gonna say
1: even a fourth round pick, I, I probably would consider that Then I, I I've got a feeling, Leighton, it's conditional six seventh round pick. Yeah, right?
0: I mean, but let's say it's even a fourth or fifth round. Yeah, pick. sure. I don't I don't even know that that's. Worth more to you than late having Leighton Vander Esch next, next year, uh, the contract is not great because he's a first round pick, but it's not the same as like Jalen's contract. So, like, no, I think I he's think, only
1: getting paid three million this year.
0: Yeah, so I think for the Cowboys having him on the roster, even at three million dollars, uh, three point seven million, more, yep, yeah, is, is worth more than just trading him for you know not I, I, yeah i have to agree that it's probably a conditional late round pick that they're offering and which is why teams are offering they're they're, they're seeing that mm-hmm. uh, the cowboys don't value late vederesh as, as much anymore clearly as indicated by their offseason moves including for the draft and in free agency mm-hmm. um, and they're seeing a situation where they can get value by trading for for a player that the team doesn't uh, see as highly ranked anymore so you know all the tr- trade offers you know when spoken generically like that, you, you can't necessarily assume that they are good offers you know, just because right. they were offered. Right. Sometimes teams are just throwing stuff out there to see, yeah. you know, if a, if a team will bite, you know? So I, I think that's likely what's happening here. Um, can I, can I say, I also think
1: I'm not interested in a Vandres trade unless I'm getting like a player back. That's in a similar situation. Right. Because maybe, I, what, yeah. What does a fifth round pick even do for me? You know what I mean? Like, look at the fifth round picks the Cowboys have spent over the last couple of years. And it's just most of the time, those guys don't even make your roster. And I just feel like if if Vander Esch hits, let's say, 90 percent of his ceiling, he's worth way more than that, even on just a one year deal. Right. If he's if he's a starting linebacker this year for you. Yeah, it's worth more than a fifth round pick. It's worth more than a fourth round pick. I, I I just think the depth here is more important than a conditional day three pick. The
0: chance the chances of Leighton Vander Ash regaining form and playing like he did his rookie year are much higher than a fifth round pick generally making it. You know, yeah. like think, even making your roster really. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Especially at this point for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's there's not a ton of roster spots available. So so even next year. So yeah, I, I I can see why they didn't necessarily jump at this off uh, at any at any offer if it wasn't you know short of a second or third round pick which the, I can't, which they're not, not going to get, get they're a, not yeah get they're not. not. So
1: again, the only the only deal that makes sense is some if you're flipping Van Rush for a player in a similar situation. I brought up Taven Bryan, you know, yep. another first round pick from 2018 that plays defensive tackle. But the Cowboys are they've got a lot of numbers at defensive tackle. But that's just a an example of a trade, and I just don't think there's many out there right now. And my thought is Landon, if he plays well you're going to get a lot more at the trade deadline than you would get right now, right? Because there's going to be teams that need linebackers. The Cowboys are going to have depth at linebacker. You might as well wait until we get to the end of training camp or the trade deadline, because I guarantee you there's going to be a stronger market for Vander Esch then than there is now.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, if you just look at it this way, there is, uh, he right now he's a hurt, not playing well linebacker who's got one year left on his deal, on his rookie deal. He's going to get. You're going to get more from teams if he's playing like a Pro Bowl linebacker who's only got half the season left on his contract. Even though it's half the season, just the perception is going to be worth more than the you know we have 17 games, six, eight and a half games that he may have played you know before the deadline before you trade him. So I think that there is something there that you let him play out a little bit. You see what you got in Parsons. You see what you got in uh, Cox. Uh, and then, if you feel comfortable with the depth there, and and Leighton is playing well, um, you're likely to get more and feel better about the situation afterwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Jerel Cox. We've been talking about him a ton on this show. But if Leighton Van Rush is healthy, even if, as much as he struggled last year, Van Rush is the better option for this year, right? Because it's going to take Cox some time to get used to this defense, to get used to the speed of the NFL preferably I'd love to have Jabril Cox on the bench this year, have him play special teams. And then in 2022, ramp up, ramp up his, you know, usage, use Van Der Esch. Let's see what he looks like this year. Dan Quinn's defense, and then kind of reevaluate this at, at the half point of the season um, really quickly. What do you think about Van Der Esch telling the front office to decline his fifth, fifth year option that
0: would have guaranteed him 9.6 million. It's uh... It's different. Uh, I, I, you know, I like confidence and I, and I, I think that that's surely shows it. I I don't know that that's financially smart though. According to
1: Jane Slater, he believes in the the Dak Prescott model of kind of betting on yourself and, you know, reevaluating the market next year.
0: What's the difference there, Marcus? (laughs) Is that late better? is a linebacker and, and Jack Prescott is the franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't. I I know that I'm not. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not suggesting that you think that this is a good idea either. But to me, like I don't know, man. Like I think you only have a limited number of years in the NFL, especially at linebacker. Mm-hmm. I would take all the guaranteed money that's owed me, and if you want to bet on yourself, there's no reason to. I mean, look, we don't even know that. <laughs> This probably is a moot point, honestly, because we don't even know that even if he had approached the, the Cowboys and told them not to take the fifth-year option, that they yeah, they would sure. they would have not taken it anyways, right? Like, but but I guess my point is that let's let's say hypothetically that the Cowboys would have taken it until Leighton had approached them. I don't know why you turn down guaranteed money in the NFL, especially when you have an injury history. I, I think that that's I understand betting on yourself, but you can bet on yourself while making $9 million guaranteed, <laughs> Uh, you know, and, 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 and let, let's great just, seasons.
1: Unless Layton just has a great feel of like where he's going to play and maybe his usage usage and how healthy he is, because I do, I, I can easily see a scenario Layton where where he plays really well in this scheme and uh he's hits free agency at, you know, what, 25 years old. You look at the, the linebacker market, like Anthony Hitchens, like what three years ago got nine million dollars per year from the Chiefs. Blake Martinez, or Martinez uh, for the Giants, got ten and a half million dollars a year. I don't think it's inconceivable for him to to have a really good year and get that kind of money, considering he was a former first round pick.
0: Yeah, I guess my point is that I don't see why that you can't do that after the twenty two the twenty <laughs> twenty two season and uh, and with well, nine million million more dollars, you know. Unless you're actually not confident about your ability to stay healthy and and you know you, you just want to say, OK, I need to get through one good season to get my payday and then we'll see what happens after that. Well, I,
1: th- I think the thing is, so he's 25 right now. He turned 25 in February. So if he did do that path of taking the fifth year option, he wouldn't hit free agency until he was 27. And then our team's going to be as willing to pay – I mean, I know it's only a year, but our team's going to be willing to pay as much money for a 27-year-old linebacker with neck issues. I don't know, but who knows if they're going to be willing to pay a 26-year-old linebacker with neck issues. I I, I don't know. It's a, it's a bold strategy, but for the Cowboys, I don't think this is going to work out poorly for them. I really don't because no. it's either he's going to play really well and they're either going to be able to re-sign him or they're going to yeah. get a high comp pick. Or if he doesn't play well, they don't owe him anything in 2022, and they can just move
0: on. Yep, I agree. Or, or if they wanted to, if he really doesn't play well, they could resign him to a nothing contract, sure, and then just see if if he can f- kind of work it out over the next few years and uh, start playing back. If he gets back to his 2018 form, and you're signing him to a you know low cost contract because he couldn't stay healthy this last year, hmm. Cowboys get the best of both worlds and. Layton's wishing he had that $9 million. It wouldn't
1: wouldn't shock me if that happens either. We know he's a big Cowboy fan. We know his family. They're all big Cowboy fans. He loves this organization. That wouldn't shock me at all either. Um, Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN20, and you'll get 20% off your next box at builtbar.com. I also want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. right? locked on in the "How did you hear about us?" box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. All right, and a couple other things I want to dive into. Pro Football Focus has started some of their rankings. We've gone over them over the last couple of weeks. Uh, They're now starting on their unit rankings, um, and there's two that I wanted to bring to your attention. The first one is a very good one. Uh, The Cowboys' wide receiver unit ranks number two in the NFL, just behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Do you think they have a case to be number one?
0: Yeah, I think that they have a case. I mean, I I don't know that I. I think it's it's a good argument. To be sure, I, I don't know that I don't know that I could you know. It's it's tough because I think part of it is is it's so close that I, I need to see what everybody looks like you know in, yeah. in this coming season you know because there is some angles has Brown declined has uh, how much has CD Lamb gone up you know uh, so I think is Evans healthy like you know so all these I, I think if you if you're looking at the names uh, and just kind of generally where they were last year I, I think that Tampa Bay has a, a very solid case um, but I also think that the Cowboys. Uh, are, have a lot of young guys that are nipping at all these all these guys' hills and, and, and at, at heels, and, and there's a good chance that by the time the 2021 season rolls around, uh, the Cowboys have the better unit. I like the Cowboys' unit better. I think it's I think it's more athletic. I think you
1: can have guys that m- make more plays after the catch. Um, Antonio Brown, I think, is declining a little bit. Mike Evans has struggled with some injuries. Uh, Goblin has struggled with some injuries. I think it's just a combination of. I, I, I love the way the Cowboys receivers fit together and I'm not so yeah. sure they all fit together as well in Tampa Bay. Um, I, I, I think CD lamb is going to have a monster monster season, but at number two, I'm fine with it. it's it's yeah. not a it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. The second one is the uh, the running back unit. The Cowboys have the number five running back unit in the NFL uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Do you can you make a case that there's any team that has a better running back stable than the Cowboys?
0: Who's who are the can you do you have the four in front of you? This is terrible radio. If you don't, no,
1: no, but, I, but... I do. It's right here. Uh, it's I believe uh, the it's the Browns, which I get right. Chubb and Hunt yeah, is really good. Yeah, the Indianapolis Colts with Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, Marlon Mack, Neem Hines. Uh, the New Orleans Saints with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. And then the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. See, I, I think, think I, there should uh, be. I think better than the Saints.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're look, better. Yeah. The I, I think that there's three, is in my opinion. See, I yeah. think you can. I think they're, they're better
1: than that. I think they should be two because I think, I think Jonathan Taylor is a better player than Zeke right now. But I'm not taking Hines over Tony Pollard. I'm just not.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean Himes. I have really a ton of Colts, so I so I'm going to defer to you because that's definitely one of the teams that I've spent l- little time watching. So I just think like Pollard's a better overall runner than what Hines is. Yeah, that seems fair. Okay. I now mean, Himes is more just like a wide receiver playing running back. Doesn't. Have a ton of running element to them as yeah. much as they wanted, I guess. But I, but I does. just want you to get
1: fired up over these rankings. Like I, I wanted
0: a really hot take. I wanted you to be. I, you outrageous. Know, here's you're just the not thing. giving it to me. Let, let, let me be honest <laughs> with you. Let me be completely honest with you. Right now, I'm listening to my daughter blow a whole bunch of kazoo's because they're having because they're having their graduation, <laughs> and I'm hoping you're not hearing it. But it's adding some very awesome accentuations to like your rock <laughs> auto read. Uh, it just 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 like basically everything. So it's like. It was like the Cowboys were ranked the the number five running back group, and then ah! like it was, <laughs> so it didn't sound so bad to me. It sounded very this celebratory. Is awesome podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I will say, I will say. I'm glad she's excited uh, about this, but okay. yeah, she's she's clearly very <laughs> excited about these PFF rankings. I, I will say, I, I think that people are underselling. People are just too 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 anxious to bury Zeke. I feel like I just feel like you know he had the first bad season he's had really as that, yeah. you know, as yeah. far as performance on the field, not as, you know, he's obviously had some off field stuff that's taken him off the field, but when he has been on the field, he has been consistently great his whole career minus last year. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there people are too quick to think that this is like decline as opposed to an off year. Uh, and so I am looking forward to see com- having a bounce back season uh, and I don't even know that that necessarily means, you know, more rushing yards than he had previously. I just think more uh, uh, efficient play, uh, maybe more as a, as a wide receiver, just, you know, more, uh, uh, just improvement, you know, just, just kind of like not looking, <laughs> spending half the season as nearly as sluggish as he has been. So uh, I think that, you know, in my mind, the, you know, Zeke and, and Pollard are Top three, without a doubt, and are in the conversation for two as well. I, I do think the Browns clearly have a an incredible running back unit. You know, maybe yeah, the best yeah. current running back in the football, and then a guy who not too long ago was probably one of the best running backs in football. So, um I, I do think the Browns are kind of a, a step above everybody else. But I think you can make an argument that with if Zeke is able to bounce back the way I anticipate that he will, that the, the Cowboys should be in that two to five range, depending on how, how much he bounces back.
1: I just don't know what to expect from Zeke because in the first five games last year with Dak, um, he averaged under four, one, 4.1 yards per carry. Now again, the offensive line was in complete shambles even at that point, right? No Tyron yep. Smith, no Lyle Collins. Yep. Um, the fumbles were an issue. He had five fumbles in the first five games of the season. That's not great, obviously. Um, but are we starting to see the decline of Zeke, or was last year just a complete fluke? I, I, I don't know. Um, we did see him again in 2017 or 2018. He averaged four seven carry. 2019 four five. Last year four zero. I think he is closer, probably at four five per carry, if this offensive line is decent. Um, I think what I'm more interested in, Landon, is. Is this the year that we finally see a closer to 50-50 split between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? Or is it still going to be one of these 85-15 if both players are healthy?
0: You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, league-wide, if teams are starting to adjust their running back policies a little bit more now that we've added one. I mean, it's only one more game. But I don't think this—it's you know, as we may discuss, I don't think it's always going to be just one more. No, game, you no. know. So I think teams may start their kind of planning, or at least start playing with these positions like running back and linebacker a little bit more as far as uh, their their usage because it's a long season and these in these collision positions like linebacker, like running back. They take a lot of hits and yeah. they get injured a lot. And and this, and this so you need healthy bodies playing those positions at all times. So, and this is all a long way of saying we've had a lot of discussions about linebacker rotation and about how this team has a ton of linebackers on this team. But at the same time, they may play a ton of linebackers because they need to get through the mm-hmm. season. I think that also applies to Zeke and Pollard. I think you have to find a way to get both of them through the season, and the best way to do that is to make sure that you're managing both their workloads uh, because it's a long season and and you don't you know a 50 50 split is is something that I think that they should look at. But I also think that you need a you need to monitor Pollard too yeah, <laughs> yeah, to make sure that Pollard's you know taking. Well, is, it's is, why is I wouldn't okay.
1: even be opposed to them bringing in somebody who's a little bit more proven. Just not to not to take thirty percent of the touches, but somebody no, but to
0: give them ten percent. of the Take touches, a series, right? right? Like to take a series, a, a game, or maybe even less than that. Just like you know, well, I was even with...
1: thinking somebody just to do some third down stuff to give Zeke and Pollard True. a break, like. I mean, I know I'm a little biased, but like Duke Johnson is a free agent. Like if you can bring in Duke Johnson, I know if you can bring in Duke Johnson and give him a hundred snaps over the course of the season, just to give those guys a break. Or if you're up in games, you can, you can lean on him. I think that would be really wise because when you get to January, you don't want to have Ezekiel Elliott have nearly 400 touches on him. You want him to be fresh. Uh, And I just think that's better for everybody.
0: Uh, You know, I'm not this guy specifically, but I would love to get like a Rod Smith type, right? A guy who could give you some flexibility would be a good special teams player, but could also run the ball well enough when the blocking is there that you're not afraid to give him carries, you know, just regular, you know, on a regular semi-regular basis. Whether or, or like you said, just third down snaps where you feel safe that he's going to be a good personal protector and 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 be able to to do things like that. Well, uh, somebody that has some versatility to him that can give you some special teams, but also that is not uh, someone who's going to uh, be noticeable when on the field because Zeke and Pollard aren't and there's some guys out there, whether you want
1: to get like a smaller guy, like a Deion Lewis or Chris Thompson, those guys make sense. A TJ Yeldon has some special teams experience as well. Um, there are some guys out there. I'll be curious to see if the Cowboys add one of those. Um, Really quickly, Lynn, and, uh, before you go, or before we go, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Uh, head to Bet Online's website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got baseball, we've got basketball, we've got UFC this weekend, a really fun card coming up in two weeks. Go to Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50 uh, for a fifty percent welcome bonus, uh, make sure you guys are doing that. Um, I wanted to talk about the eighteen game schedule that Peter King proposed in his latest piece on NBC Sports. It sounds like that is very likely. It's not going to happen next year, but in the uh, you know in the the near future, eighteen game schedule. How do you feel about it? Does it sound? Do you think they're going to just completely eliminate the preseason and go with this eighteen game schedule? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I imagine that. You know, there's going to be more negotiation about the preseason uh, when we talk about the 18th game. Look, the the 18th game should not surprise anybody. They've been talking about this before they were talking about the 17 game season. 17 game season clearly was a stepping stone to this 18 game. Um, You know, I think there's going to be a fight. I mean, I think there's going to be more of a fight than there was for the 17 game season. because ultimately, they the, the players know that they probably didn't fight hard enough over the seventeen game part. So, do you think
1: the solution is just to get rid of preseason games altogether and just kind of do it like college football?
0: I I think that they may if if they can do it that way, then then that would work. I, I also think that they have to consider adding a second buy, right? Like, I mean, and 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 doing so that way, you and, would have
1: would be twenty weeks,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, you could do that. I think, I I think that would make a lot of sense. I I just think that, you know, ultimately the rest is what's important. I mean, playing the 18 games, you know, by removing the preseason games, you're really only helping a small percentage of these players that are potentially going to be playing 18 games because most of these guys Mm -hmm. that are your starters, they're not playing, they're playing a series. So, so like, or Or, like two series. you know, so so, so taking twelve snaps out of two games, you know is is not exactly balancing the scales for yeah. adding a whole other game at the end of the year. And especially when you add the fact in that they've added two games in you know however, whatever whenever yeah. they add, it, they will yeah. have added two games in in two years or whatever. I think that they need to consider a second buy just to simply – and I know that that's going to make the scheduling just absolutely bonkers, but I, I just think that that's the only way that you're going to be able to get some of these people's bodies through an 18-game season. It's just too brutal a sport, and it's only getting worse as people get more and more athletic.
1: Yeah, so I think the solution here, get rid of preseason, right? It just it makes it easier. It's two less games you have to worry about and prepare for and travel for have two buys as you should suggest should t- suggested and then i think go to like 60 man rosters and you can have 55 yeah, guys active right yeah, yeah because you then have you to can, do something
0: with the yeah. roster counts
1: right right because then you can at least limit some of the the snaps for running backs linebackers defensive linemen uh, i think that makes a lot of sense so it's coming uh, if i set the over at like Let's say 2030. Do you think we'll have it before then or after that?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, well, before that. Well, you before know, then? what? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even think we're five years out, honestly. Okay. How, how long before we're having international games in like Germany? That's that 2030 would be a good. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's. That, gonna happen. I think see that's
1: why I think we're gonna have two buys, right? Because you're gonna get a buy coming back from your Germany trip or whatever, wherever you decide to play the international game, plus your regular in-season buy.
0: It's I, happening. I think I think the next step would be to make Jacksonville the Jacksonville slash London Jaguars.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. I think we need to. That'd, that'd be a lot of fun for the NFL. We're gonna have international teams.
0: Uh Do you think we'll we'll have expansion soon? You, if you're going to do international, honestly, you you have to consider a whole division there, right? Ooh, Simply because ooh. I think, well, I mean, right? Like, I think just because for scheduling and for fairness, you know, I think, and then you have to figure out, uh, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but I think yeah. you have to have a whole division over there so that they can, you know, figure out a way for those players to, you know, play a lot of games close by and not That's constantly having to travel over the Atlantic constantly, right? And then you have to have a, Home away from home in America for each one of those teams, right? You have to have a place where they can go, a facility on the on the United States side that they can go to train at um, in order to, you know, because you just can't have them train, you know, have five days of practice and then fly overseas for every single game. That's just a completely compet- a competitive yeah. disadvantage for the team.
1: That would be a lot of fun. But that, what would we, we'd name that division? The NFC Way East, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the, you, you can't the really call, call
0: it the Far East, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, NFC Europe. NFC Europe. I, I think that'd be <laughs>
1: incredible. You know how much fun that would be for the for the NFL fans in Europe to have their own division, their own rivalry games over there. I mean, uh, you might have would...
0: too, right? Like NFC and oh, AFC. Yeah. Europe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: So. That'd be a, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to follow the show on YouTube. You can follow Layden at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.